Heavenly Father, we come before you acknowledging that you are the God of the universe. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us through your word. And I ask, Lord, that as I preach on these parables of the kingdom, that you graciously give all of us here ears to hear and eyes to see. Help me, like your prophet Isaiah, be your mouthpiece as I faithfully preach these secrets of the kingdom. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, I reckon all of us here seated here today, I think most of us will have something very memorable or something very precious that we own. Uh, maybe if you're doing your secondary school or primary school days, you wrote diaries. Maybe that was something very precious that you hold on to. Maybe for some of us, it is a pillow that you just really enjoy the feel or the smell of it and you won't want to wash it, you just want to keep it the way it is. Every time you go to bed, you need it to go to sleep. Uh, maybe it's your loved ones that is precious to you, your friends, your family, maybe it's something even related to the Christmas season. Well, for me, personally, it's, for me, what is precious to me is this little box that I have at home where ever since I was 11, 12 years old, I've collected handwritten notes that I received from camps, from friends, from loved ones, uh, and I keep it in this little box. And no matter how much money, you, you probably won't buy it from me, but no matter how much money you would give me to get this box from me, I'll never give it to you. And I'll probably never listen to my mom to throw it away because it always collects dust in my room. Everyone seated here, I think, has something precious that they hold on to. And our passage today also mentions this very precious, very important thing that all Christians hold on to. And that precious thing is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. So if you have been with us for the past two weeks, if you haven't been here for the past two weeks, it's okay. Welcome to church. Just a quick recap. Uh, we have been journeying through the parables of Jesus, the parables of the kingdom of heaven from Jesus in Matthew chapter 13. And the parables are talking about the kingdom of heaven and what it will be like. What will this kingdom be like? And last week, our brother Darren, we saw two things as he shared about this kingdom. The first thing we saw is this unexpected burst and unexpected growth of this kingdom, that this kingdom will be like a mustard seed that will grow unexpectedly into a big tree. It will be like the leaven in three measures of flour, being the whole measure of flour being leavened all the way. So that's the first thing, this unexpected growth of the kingdom, we saw that. The second thing we saw last week about the kingdom is the reality that this kingdom of God that we live in, if you are a Christian here, we are in the kingdom of God. However, the reality is that in this kingdom, there will both be believers and unbelievers. The passage last week tells us that they are the sons of the kingdom and the sons of the devil. Both people who are genuine believers and both people who hear the word, maybe face persecution, maybe face the temptations of this world and actually are not of the kingdom, but they will fall away as we saw in the parable of the sower two weeks ago. And today, today, this Sunday, we continue on this final part of Jesus' teaching of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 13. And a couple more final parables that Jesus gives us. So without further ado, if you have your Bibles, if you have a service order, look with me to verse 44 and 46, 246. 
You see, the first two parables, we're going to talk both of them together. The first two parables of our passage today, which is the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl, they both describe the preciousness of the kingdom of heaven. So the first man, the parable of the hidden treasure, the first man found some treasure in the field and he hid it inside the field. And then he went and sold everything and bought this field himself. Now, this first man probably got the field from a rich owner who did not know uh, there was a treasure in it. That's why he did not know he was willing to sell to the first man. Well, the first man needed to buy the whole field because he needed to legally right, own the field so that, hey, the treasure is mine and I can finally keep it. So that's the first example. The second example, the second man is a merchant. A merchant is a businessman of sorts. He's a guy with good business skills and he's probably one of the top traders on the stock market. But he looks at this pearl, he looks at it and he says, wow, this is a very, very good investment. And guess what? He sells everything and buys this pearl. You see, friends, both parables are talking about the same thing. They have the same meaning. You see, both these men, they both recognize the value of the treasure or the value of this pearl. And when they recognized the value and what they had in their hands, they acted accordingly to the value of what they have. They acted accordingly by selling everything they have to obtain this high-value item. You see, the message of this parable is very, very clear. And the message is this. The message is that the kingdom of God is of such high and precious value that our response towards it should be of one of joyful and willing surrender of our life towards it. Let me repeat that one more time. That the message of the parable of the kingdom of heaven, this parable, is that the kingdom of heaven is so precious that it's worth surrendering and giving up all our lives for the sake of it. And friends, that is the cost. That is what it looks like to follow Jesus. You see, Jesus in this very Gospel of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, tells us to not lay up treasures on earth where it will perish, but to lay up treasures in heaven. You see, what is of heaven is far precious, far sweeter, far greater than the treasures here on earth. And Jesus shortly after that tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, one of my favorite verses, Jesus says, Seek first, not the kingdom on earth, but seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You see that he seek first the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 19, one final example, the rich young ruler walks up to Jesus and says, Rabbi, teacher, what may I do to inherit eternal life? And after Jesus gives him a few discourse, a few conversations down the line, he tells the rich young ruler, very, very straightforwardly, he tells the rich young ruler, sell everything and come and follow me. And guess what? The rich young man walks away in despair. Friends, our question for all of us here this morning is this. Do you see the value of the kingdom of heaven? Do you see the value of following Jesus? 
Do you see the value of this blessing of being in a relationship with God himself? And do you, like the Apostle Paul, count everything as loss by instead to know Jesus Christ forever? Do you see the value? Do you see the preciousness of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven? But not only that, not only do we see the value, but do we act accordingly? Do we respond accordingly to the value that we see? Do our lives demonstrate like the man who bought the field, like the merchant who bought the pearl, do our lives demonstrate the fact that we really know the preciousness of the kingdom of heaven, that we will go and give up everything for the sake of the kingdom? Now, perhaps you are seated here and you are a legacy second-generation Christian. And perhaps on this very beautiful Sunday morning, you strolled into church because it's Christmas. I'm supposed to be here. My friend, listen to me. Although outwardly you may be Christian, you may profess to be Christian, but you are nowhere near the kingdom of God. I was once like that. I grew up in church, outwardly calling myself Christian, but never actually knowing the preciousness of the gospel, knowing the preciousness of Jesus. And not only did I not know the value of it, my life did not act accordingly to said value. That's for you as well if you're seated here and you don't see the value of the kingdom and you do not act accordingly to it. And friends, there is a very, if you are in this category of people, there is a very sobering, sobering warning for you, for those people who just lip service Christianity. And this sobering warning comes in the next parable that Jesus gives in verse 47 to 48. You see, the next parable that Jesus gives is called the parable of the net. And he has very, very similar phrases to the parable we saw last week preached by Darren in the parable of the weeds. You see, both these parables, the parable of the weeds or the tests and the parable of the net talk about this separating of good and evil. Right? It was the good seeds and the tests and the weeds for the pre previous parable. And for the parable of net, it's the separation of the good fish and the bad fish. You see, in verse 49 to 50, it tells us that both these parables are talking about this separation and judgment that will happen at the end of the age. And that this end of the age, brothers and sisters, is the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes to judge the world again. He will come again. And both these parables also tell us that this separation between the good and the bad, that the bad will be thrown into a fiery furnace. And that, my friends, is being thrown into hell. You see, both, and, and both these parables also show us that the response of those being thrown into the fiery furnace is one of weeping, it's one of gnashing of teeth. It's one of sorrow and anger and bitterness towards God. Both these parables also remind us that as Christians, as we live in this kingdom of God, as we come to church, as we listen to His word, as we live our lives in obedience to Him, 
we still, all of us are in the kingdom of God, but yet this kingdom is not yet complete. It's not fully consummated yet. Us as Christians, we live among tests. Us as Christians, we live among bad fish. That's the reality of the kingdom we are in. You see, friends, as the gospel goes out, right, as the sower sows the seeds, they will land on different soils and reap different results. As the good seeds are growing and bearing fruits, the enemy sows weeds and sows tares among them. And as the net of the gospel is being thrown out, many different good fish, bad fish will be caught in it. Many people will come and profess to believe. They will call themselves Christians, but never once trusted in Jesus for salvation. Always thinking that their good works and their piety is good enough. Many people are caught calling themselves Christians, but never once counted the cost to let go of control of their own preferences and their own selfish ambitions for the sole pursuit of the kingdom of heaven. And not just necessary in the church among the gathering of God's people, but the world we live in, right? We live in among sin and evil on a daily basis. So this kingdom that we live in, yes, we are already in it. It's already here, it's already present, but it's not yet fully complete. There will be a mixture of God's people and God's enemies together. But the good news, if you are a Christian here, is that this parable reminds us that the judgment of God will come swiftly upon his enemies. This parable sternly reminds us of the incoming judgment that God, the Lord Jesus, will come one day to judge the living and the dead, and all sin and evil will be done away with forevermore. So the question is for us to think about this morning is, are you... A good fish or are you a bad fish? And being a bad fish simply means this. Being a bad fish simply means, doesn't mean you're not good enough or whatever it is. It means that you have not trusted in Jesus. Because all of us by nature, the moment we are born, by nature we are bad fish. We are all sinners. We are all deserving of God's judgment and wrath. So if you are a bad fish here this morning, if you have not trusted in Jesus, turn away from your sins and turn to Him. Trust in His message. Trust in the message that in the New Testament that the apostles have taught and in the Old Testament that points to the New Testament. But what is this message that I should trust in, you may ask? What is this message that the Old Testament foreshadows and that the apostles taught in the New Testament. Now, some of you may have heard it, some of you may have. Some of you may understand it, that's what we've been reading so far. Some of you may have yet to understand it. But nevertheless, I pray, allow me to say this to you, teach this to you on this Christmas Sunday service, and may God's Spirit open our hearts to understand it. And the message of this Old Testament, New Testament goes something like this. That in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, it tells us that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, God created the world. 
and that he created human beings to live under his rule and reign. However, our first father and mother, they sinned against God, they disobeyed God. And men, because of their disobedience, because of our disobedience rather, are in a broken relationship with God. That this good relationship between us and God is now broken. And we are now in rebellion. We are now enemies with God. Yet the good news is that since the beginning of time, since the fall and throughout the history of Israel, God has revealed to us in the pages of the Old Testament that He always had a plan to save his people. You see, God promised Abraham that one day he will have many descendants and God will rule and reign over them in the land that he will give them. God promised King David that from his offspring will come someone who will sit on the throne forever. The prophets of the Old Testament speak about a coming Messiah that will come again to be born in Bethlehem to save his people from their enemies and restore them back to relationship with God. And friends, all those promises in the Old Testament are fulfilled. God keeps his promise, God fulfills his plan all in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That he came 2,000 plus years ago. He came to be born in a manger, being worshipped by angels and wise men. He is, as Isaiah 9 tells us, he is a mighty God, wonderful counsellor, prince of peace, and so much more. And he taught the very parables that you are listening to this morning. He performed many miracles. He walked on water, turned water into wine. And the greatest act of human history was seen when he died on the cross. He took upon your sin and my sin on the cross and bore the wrath of God in your place. And when everyone thought it was the end, when death nailed the Son of God on the cross, no, on the third day he rose again from the grave, defeating death and reigned victoriously once and for all. And now this God is calling all people from all nations, all the way here in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, to repent and turn to Him, to receive the Holy Spirit and to see for yourselves the preciousness of the kingdom of heaven. Now friends, that is the message of the Old Testament and New Testament. That is the message of the gospel. So the question for all of us, once again this morning in verse 51, as Jesus asked his disciples, Jesus asked us the same thing. Have you, verse, 30, verse 51, have you understood all these things? The disciples said yes, but what about you? Do you understand the message of the kingdom of heaven? If you don't understand, may you find someone to talk to. I reckon right away after the service, don't wait. Find someone to talk to who knows the gospel and can explain it to you. But not only that, if you do not understand, wherever you are, cry out to God and ask His Holy Spirit to change your heart. Ask God's Spirit to give your eyes sight to see and your ears the ability to hear. Cry out for mercy. Cry out for God's forgiveness before it's too late. That's for you who do not understand.
for those of you who do understand, very good. Hold on to that treasure. But more than that, just as Jesus told his disciples in verse 52, he's telling you, all Christians, the same thing, which is Jesus is telling us to bring out these precious treasures, new and old, for all to see. Look with me to verse 52. Right, Jesus said to his disciples that every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. What is old is simply what I mentioned just now. The old treasure is the Old Testament. The Old Testament that we have. That from creation to Abraham to Moses to David to prophets, we have the treasures of the law, the writing and the prophets to bring for the edification of others, to bless others. And to bring out what is new, so that's why it's old, to bring out what is new, it's the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, the parables, what Jesus has done, how the Old Testament promises are fulfilled in the new kingdom of heaven. And if you are a Christian today, our job today is to bring out, like a master of his house, to bring out these precious treasures that we have so that others around us can come to see this preciousness for themselves. I mean, it's true, right? If you think this is precious, you will want others to taste and enjoy this treasure with you. So in closing, as I wrap up uh, this sermon this morning, I have one very simple main point that runs throughout the passage. I've been repeating this word over and over again, which is this. What is precious to you? What is precious to you? My prayer is simple, or my hope is simple, that if you're listening here today, that above the cars that you own, above the money that you have, about all the earthly assets and possessions that you have, which are good stuff, don't get me wrong, but that above those things, that you can proudly and joyfully claim that your most prized possession that you have at your disposal is the kingdom of God. It's the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Not money, not even your family, your grandchildren, your grand-grandchildren, but the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. I hope for yourselves that you consider this value of the kingdom that you realize that the value of the gospel far and wide supersedes all the treasures of the world from the richest man, all the money in the world put together cannot even compare to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And just like that man, and just like that merchant who sold everything for, in order to get the treasure, in order to get the pearl, they saw the value. They wanted it so badly. They never let it go. So my prayer, just like them, that you too never let go of the kingdom of heaven. Never let go of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because let's face it, we will face persecution, but I pray you won't fall away. 
you will be tempted just like the thorns of the earth, the thistles, they will choke you. But I pray that you run away from them and never let go of the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Never let go of this relationship with Jesus that you have. Christian, hold on to it. Never let go. And lastly, in this Christmas time, just like how the first man and the second man, if you realize they never go like, Huh? Let's say hypothetically it costs 5,000 ringgit. They won't be like, 4,500 enough. Ah. Maybe they started to bargain. No, 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 no. They did not do that. They saw the pearl and they did not even for one second count. They just knew they gave up everything joyfully and willingly to buy the pearl or buy the, the land for the treasure. So I pray just like those people, that you yourself will have this joy and joy and willingness to give up everything for the gospel, for the kingdom of heaven. That you're doing it willingly, not under compulsion, but you're willing to do it. Because at the end of the day, friends, we have found joy. Jesus himself promises joy. And indeed, joy to the world our Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. So let's celebrate, even as tomorrow is Christmas, if you're coming for the services tonight and tomorrow, let us rejoice because we have something so precious and so great in our hands. Let's pray. <coughs> let's take a few moments to ponder to consider for yourself the value of the kingdom of heaven. Have you counted the costs? Have you given up everything? Have you seen and tasted the preciousness of this gospel? And do your lives demonstrate that you know him? Is he worth your time from Monday to Sunday, not just on a Sunday? Is he worth your whole calendar year, not just coming to church on Easter and Christmas? Consider that and remember that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he forgives you. So trust in him. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this treasure, this pearl, this gospel of the kingdom of heaven that you've given to us that was prophesied in the Old Testament and was fulfilled in the New. Lord, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your death and resurrection. And Lord, help us in return to savor this treasure to realize how precious it is in our lives. And Lord, help us to examine our lives, that our lives are living out in reflection of this preciousness of this treasure. 
Lord, help us to forsake everything, all earthly things, so that we may have you and you alone. To be in relationship with you is of the greatest joy that anyone could receive. So we thank you, Lord, once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.